So I got to the Chardonnay because I, I'm from Louisiana, right? Louisiana is the only place you can get liquor anywhere. You can get liquor anywhere in Louisiana at any time. Everywhere but the church. And if you go to the right church, the pastor might have something. Welcome to a new episode, a new special episode of Pang Kong Podcast. What What makes it special? What makes it special is that we're before, we've done like food, and we've done rap, and all kinds of stuff. This is a special... Mike Beltran wish fulfillment episode. Nah, listen, we've done we've done sports episodes when I ranted for oh, ten minutes Ed's, about Ed's see that. Florida Gator fans Ed, Ed and gets, how they should stay Ed in their gets, place. Mike gets worked the fuck up. I get this. worked the fuck up. No, <laughs> it's like it's crazy. It gets crazy. You know we'll show you this after. So he he says, says, okay, oh well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the most unorthodox that makes yeah, no say, sense say, show. Say all your words. Yeah. So uh this is Pankom Podcast. I'm Nick Jimenez. Joined here off camera, off mic by Carluba. I'm just here. We're going to just be here. Joined by Mike, Chef Michael Beltran. Thanks. And special guest, Man of the Hour, Hall of Famer, Ed Reed. I mean, Kane's legend, high school champion, <laughs> Super Bowl champion. All American. If you want to get to the record for longest interception return by Ed Reed, you know who you have to go through? Ed Reed. Ed Reed. <laughs> and before you get through Ed Reed, you got to go through Ed Reed because he holds the number one and two spots. Yeah. <laughs> Super Bowl champion. I mean, the, the resume is long. I was actually, I look because I, I don't prepare for any shows. Right. It's all off the cuff. Right but I, and I've been a fan of yours for a long time. But I was like, you know, let me look at the resume. Yeah. Right. The resume is long, man. Yeah. I mean, it's like national champion, Super Bowl champion. Yeah. I mean, the, the statistics are through the roof. So, really, you have no place on this show. It's incredible that we're, like, I don't know how Nick pulled this off, right? Yeah, that's my guy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he went to Belen. It's shocking. I'm still shocked by this. But thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me, man. We smoking cigars, too. Yeah. Hey, we have some food. There's food options also. There's a, this is a restaurant, so mm-hmm. we have a couple of things that we can eat as well. I'm a, I'm a foodie. Yeah. So let's do it. You're a foodie. I like this. Hey, this I'm is, a this. foodie and, a, and I'm a sous-sous chef. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh man! I, I can't, I can't disrespect the craft, you know, oh, but I love to cook. Yeah, I love to cook, man. I'm always in the house cooking, cooking for my uncle and my cousin. Now they stand at my house in Georgia when I'm there. Right. You know, so um, I just love cooking for people, man. I really do. I enjoy it. So, uh, born in Louisiana, right? Mm-hmm. And you were there all through high school, right? Yeah. So, talk about food and being from Louisiana. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of new orleans like a lot of my food first loves i think were from new orleans um and i try to go to new orleans like once every year just because food wise i think they're off the charts right on you got a favorite spots there oh compare le pen uh nina compton's place Uh um willie may scotch house Um, next time you go you gotta let me know okay go some hole in the wall i like that i like central grocery for the muffaletta you know um i mean we really we Every time I go, I try to do different stuff. Word. But, um, come on, you can bring it. Uh oh. Yeah, but usually I try to hit up the same spots just because I like them so much. All right on. So I guess growing up in Louisiana, you gained a love for food. Yeah, I mean, really, my mom and my aunties, everybody cooking all the time. Family reunions. I used to be in Mississippi because that's where my people are from. Mm. 
and food is everywhere. You yeah. know what I mean? And and my mom, my mom and dad used to work all the time. My brother, older brother, he was um you know out the house a little bit. So I was the one who was always preparing the food for my brothers. Mm. And that just trickled over. Once I got here to Miami, me and Reggie Wayne came from New Orleans together. Oh, yeah. He getting recipes from his mom, the fettuccine. I'm cooking. I'm frying the pork chops at the time. And, uh, man, we just we just putting our money together and just doing it up, you know? Yeah. We, that was the only way to survive, you right. know, putting your money together and go to the grocery store versus trying to eat out all the time. Right. You know? So we just started cooking, and that, that just grown it just grew from there. Let me ask you. So, New Orleans, definitely very different than Miami. What was that like coming here for the first time? Man, it was it was a dream come true. You know, I was a big I was a big movie guy. Oh, growing up, um, and I still love a bunch of movies. They just you know it's just so different now. But um, when I Opened up the shade on the plane. It was my second flight I ever took. My first flight was to Orlando for a quarterback challenge. My second flight was to Miami. On a Saturday morning, I fly in. I mean, it's a gorgeous day. I put the shade up. I see the blue water, see the city, green grass. I'm like, I'm home. (laughs) My spirit was right. Yeah. You know, I didn't say it out loud, but my spirit was right, you know. I was like, they gonna have to mess this up for me not to come right, to right. school here, you know. So, going from Louisiana, it was a it was a change until I got around the team. Cause yeah, they yeah. just, you know, I had some teammates that would just say some shit out their mouth, man. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, you can't, you, you gotta have a little respect around here, mm-hmm. you know. And um, but it was it was it was definitely a change being away from home. Cause I mean, financially, I couldn't just say, Dad, I'm gonna fly home, right? You know. It, it, it really became home, man. You yeah. know, I got hurt my first year, so I was a little I was a little sad about that, you know, a little homesick, but it quickly went away, you know, yeah. just looking at palm trees all the time. Yeah. Man, that's, that's enough to make you stay for real. This episode of Pancom Podcast is brought to you by Aganor Salif. Aganor Salif are the makers of excellent cigars that stand out because of the distinctive flavors of their own Corojo 99 and Criollo 98 seeds cultivated by Cuban agronomists Oof. in Jalapa and Esteli, Nicaragua. Oof. Oh, baby. Wow. <laughs> that was impressive. I'm telling you, I'm an impressive kind of guy. Yeah. I, I, I have a lot of practice at this. You're great at the reading. Oh, man. <laughs> the Aganorsa portfolio of cigars includes JFR, JFR Lunatic, Guardian of the Farm, and Casa Fernandez cigars. You carry some of these uh, at Ariette in the humidor there. We do. I, I believe we carry three in our humidor currently. So t- tell me a little bit about why why cigars at Ariette. What was the... You know, I mean, I've always been a huge fan of cigars. I mean, I started smoking cigars a long time ago, but it's really the, the community of cigars. It really feeds into the whole ideology of Ariette, and it furthers that conversation that Ariette is like a an experience only Miami can curate. And uh, I think cigars are a big part of that. You know, we're, we've been working for a while on creating like a cigar area in the restaurant and you know just like having that that option for people to be able to go outside and have a drink smoke a cigar and maybe eat a little snack or you know just really just hang out I, I love that idea and that's why cigars are a big deal to me okay you're talking a lot and these people paid for 60 seconds I know <laughs> 
you know what? You got to show me a little more money for that. Aganorsa was founded by Eduardo Fernandez. Uh, that guy, by the way, there's a food connection, was one of the founders, along with his brother, of Telepizza in Europe. So if you've ordered a pizza delivery uh, to your hotel or something in Europe, good chance that you ordered it from Telepizza. Eduardo Fernandez uh, went on to uh, create Aganorsa, uh, and they are making some of the best cigars in the world, thanks again to that Corojo and Criollo that they are growing there. Among other things, they make the Casa Fernandez Miami Aniversario, which, by the way, is so named because it is made in Miami. They've got factories in Nicaragua and Miami. Uh, it's an ex- a blend of exclusively those two varietals, Corojo 99, Criollo 98, perfect for the experienced smoker to celebrate those special moments in life, like going to Ariette, you know, getting your duck pressed, and then you get a, you know, you, you uh, get a cigar after, maybe, I don't know, possibly. Show me the money! Only Great Leaf makes great cigars. Aganorsa Leaf, go smoke them. It's, it's interesting because, I mean, um, when I played college ball, which was vastly different because I a, played at a very small school, you know, the struggles are the same and, like, the experience is the same. Yeah. My When I took my visit my senior year, that was the first time I was ever on a plane. Word. I had never been on a plane in my life. Yeah. Um, and then the same things, you know, like, I worked at, that's actually when I started working in restaurants when I was up there because I needed some kind of scratch. Word. Vision 3 gives you no money. Word. So, like, um, you know, a couple bucks, I'd be able to come home maybe, like, once a year. Mm-hmm. But you really learn to, like, adopt a city. I didn't, I, I didn't move to Miami. I moved to somewhere in Virginia, a very oh, okay. small wow. city. But first time I saw snow, first time I experienced, like, I mean, just uh, Miami's like a very different place. Right. You know, like, it's a melting pot of culture and people, people. Yeah. languages, yeah. food. Yeah. You know, moving to the middle of nowhere in Virginia, I was like, where am I? Yeah. You know, so it, it's interesting how, like, for me, humbled me a lot. Because mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I thought I was on top of the world living in Miami. You know yeah. it all. And then you move yeah. somewhere else. I was like... Oh, this is different. Yeah, and, you know I, and I did the opposite. I right, went right. From New Orleans to like not really seeing nothing, being in the country. I actually lived in the close to the city and then moved to the country. Right. And then I come to Miami. I'm like, oh man, this is like this is heaven. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You coming from the streets to here? Like, oh man. I so, don't want to leave. So when you were in in college in Miami, what were some of the things that like uh, that stood out to you that you really enjoyed, other than just like the weather, the people, you right know, on. like. Did right you on. eat like? Did you? How about um, Cuban? Food? First of all, what, what are we eating oh, here? Okay, man? so what you this, got? This is uh, only special people get this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Caviar. Uh, I never really ate caviar. Yeah, I mean, salty, kind of sweet, very oceany. Okay. Uh, these are plantain bellinis, house made creme fraiche, and shallots. So, I'm more of just like a bellini caviar guy. Uh, right. The egg. I mean, I I like eggs with caviar too, but Not this is like a traditional cake. setup. Traditional I have setup. Never eaten much of this at all. Well, I mean, just think about like salty, sweet, and then the bellinis we make in house. It's basically just like a, it's and like what a. What you say this is over here? Shallots, shallots, creme fraiche, and egg. Okay. in here. Yeah, man. it's supposed to be like a very I'm like. Not a big cream cheese guy, but I'll put well, a little bit creme. just because I figure. Yeah. That's the way you're supposed to eat that. Yeah, just a little. There it is. Right. Oh yeah, the first. We gave Ed Reed a first here. This is good. Guys, what are you guys doing? So to answer that question, <laughs> that was one of the things, you know. Yeah. I mean, I was already a red beans and rice type guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
It was chicken pollo, pollo tropical. It was <laughs> Miami. <laughs> it was Miami um, subs. Oh man, um, the gyros and Miami subs. And they used to give us the team used to always give us um, chicken, um, the chop chop, um, oh, the from rice chicken, and beans, from chicken grill. Yeah, chicken oh, grill. Man. That's a very Miami thing. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. Like, oh, dude, it's really good. Yeah. We used to get that right. They had a place sitting out after training camp because that's when I first came. Mm. I'm hurt. Dude, I gained like 10 pounds, dude. I'm sure. We walking out of there. They got extra. they like, y'all want extra shit? Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking like three or four of these things home, man. Yeah, it's crazy how like that. Um, again, when I moved to Virginia, too, I had never seen apple butter in my life, biscuits and gravy, the amount of sugar people put in sweet tea. Like, I had never experienced it. Like, what? Right. what's real barbecue? Like, for right. me, a barbecue is a grill. Right. You know, like, growing up in Miami, we have rice, beans, plantains, right. pork, which is fine. Conk. Yeah. Conk. That was it when yeah. I got here. So, a great friend of mine, rest his soul, was Al Blaze, man. Mm. Conk, fried conk was it. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. To this day, I'm stuck on fried conk, dude. I'm a sucker for that. Girl want me to make fried conk. Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm good. in her kitchen all day. That's good. <laughs> Sitting at the table. Hey, babe. So, <laughs> talk about when you were in college. I mean, that's like, so just so put context for the people that are listening in Kansas. We have a big following in Kansas. Right on. I don't know why, but we have a big following in Kansas. Right on. And uh, What's up, Kansas? Yeah. KC the, in the house? Notoriously, the years that you uh, played for UM is known as the best UM teams, probably the best college football teams to ever play the game period right that's that is what people say that is what i believe i think anyone who really knows football would believe the same thing i mean did you know when you got there that it was there was something special there or I did or did you actually, did it not like materialize till after the fact no i actually did and i know kc is not in kansas but um <laughs> i um i did man when i first got there that's what made me come even more that I saw the brotherhood right. that we had. You know, I was like, man, these guys are really about the football team. Right. They are really about that brotherhood. And they're about winning championships, too. Yeah, We had a championship mentality, but we had a bunch of individuals like anything. We had to go through. We had to go through some fire because we were five and six my first year. Mm. But that mentality never changed. You know, the mentality never changed over the years. So I was like, man, this is this is something. We have something here. You know, even after guys not working out, throwing damn water on themselves and walking out the gym. Oh, wow. I'm like, man, we still have that mentality. So I knew it was going to be special after we weeded out a few bad apples. You know, couldn't get leaders to train and work out the way they should have. Right. You know, and these guys, years later, like, man, we should have listened. We should have followed you guys. For sure. Which is crazy, you know. So, I'm here. We training, working hard. Guys pushing each other, man. You got locker room fights like no other. Oh, yeah? I mean, because it wasn't a fight like, brutal fight like blood everywhere. It's, it's like more wrestling, more WWE type shit. But right. Real WWE. You know, the back in the day with the Bushwhackers and them boys. Right. Hacksaw Jim Duggan shit. Back when it was a real chair. Exactly, Yeah, man. when it was a real chair. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we used to, man, guys used to train bad. You couldn't come to the locker room. 
if you if you like didn't make your workouts. If you ain't making through your workout, don't come to that locker room and everybody. You better wait till they got dressed and get your ass up. You know, come in there. Mm. You know, we had guys that wouldn't work making workouts, bro. And with all respect, my Miami guys were the ones who truly, I know, had that orange and green in them. Mm. The reason why I love Miami even more was because of Al Blaze. Yeah. I told that to his son today. I'm like, bro, man, whatever you need. I'm like, your dad was my guy. From the recruiting trip, when he first saw me, he was like, that's my dude right there. If y'all haven't seen his highlight tape, go watch his highlight tape. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And now from that point on, we both safety. So it was, we was always together, man. You know, so that right there, guys like Edron James, Bubba Franks. Oh, Bubba you know, Franks. I mean, we had those guys who were about their business and who were about Miami. Right. You know, and there was a bunch of other guys, man, that was about Miami. Just didn't have that that extra oomph in them to mm. go to the next level, you know. But man, that man, that man, Blaze, man, was my guy, man. That 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 made me want to go even harder, you know. what I'm saying like we we hung out, we went city places. I, I mean, I was in Kara City with Delvin Brown, who was my brother. Delvin mm. and Santana, they're my sweet mates. Him yeah. and Santana, um, me and Reggie Wayne were sweet mates for Santana and Delvin. Mm. These are Carrot City. These CC boys. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we used to be in the city, man, hanging out with them, you know, by family. We had cookout, all type of stuff, man. And I'm just seeing a totally different culture, man. Right. It was, it was, it was, it was like being home. I just felt that. Like I said, it was in my spirit. So it just became part of me, right. man. You know, and I wanted to out. My main goal and our main goal was to win a national championship as that class, the class of 97. Mm. I redshirted. They didn't. We graduated together. The year before, they all go to the NFL. Mm. Reggie, Santana, Delvin, they all go to the league. I'm here. I'm, I'm actually, I could have left, but I'm like, nah, man, we're going to finish this the way we were supposed to because mm. we got screwed. My junior year, their senior year on the field, we got screwed because of the BCS. I think that was the first year for the BCS. We got screwed. Yeah. They they put Oklahoma in and let them play Florida State. Right. So we had lost to Washington. The second, there's stories behind this. We lost to Washington the second game of the year, beat Florida State. In the middle of the season, they gave it to Florida State. Right. Who's the Washington coach again? That was the thing, right? Mm. Seen the former Miami guy? Was it Newhouser at the time? Uh, I don't remember. But I remember this. I and think then, it might have o- Rick. And then Oklahoma. Had Stoops. Yeah. They they beat FSU in the championship? They did. They did. They did. FSU did not show up to the game. I remember At that. all. I yeah, heard I they, were, they were kind of handpicked to yeah. be in that game. You know what I'm saying? Nobody wanted to play us because they knew Miami was back. What? <laughs> Those like, that eight-year period, ten-year period, nobody wanted to play Miami. Mm. Nobody wanted to play us. It, I mean, it didn't. It didn't matter who they were, what conference they were in. It really didn't matter. I mean, the things, the things that came out of uh, UM like that decade were beyond special and like something that football should recognize forever. You truly, know what I'm saying? Truly. The uh, draft picks. The draft picks. Yeah. The Hall of Famers. Yeah, yeah. The All-Americans. You know, the – It's just – even from like a – from the high school level, those guys that ended up playing at, at – Miami after the fact. I mean, mm-hmm. what are pancakes? 
They like are pretty pancakes? much Bellinis are like uh, plantain pancakes. Those are good. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I eat those all day. Man. Yeah, me too. I usually for like our uh, VIP guests, I turn it into like a little caviar sandwich. I call them uh, plantain moon pies, and then a, you know a little creme fraiche in the middle. And I'm not a plantain fan. Oh that, man, I'm, since I've been I'm in I'm Miami, fried fiend. bananas is not my thing. Oh man, growing up in a Cuban house, it's like you plantains for breakfast. It don't for, go on the plate with the food. No, it does. It does. <laughs> it does. It does. It's just like it's. I, of, I love y'all, man. I eat. Look, I go to La Carreta. I'm in. I'm in Havana. Um, Harry's. You know, I'm. My girl was. Cuban back in the day, I mean, we were supposed to get married, you know, and she probably listening to this now. <laughs> but I got backstabbed, you know. But anyway, I'm gonna leave that alone. I ain't been right since, man. Shit. Been single since. I think that's really the reason why you don't like plantains. That's really, I don't think, I think you're blaming the plantain when it has nothing to do with the plantain. <laughs> Seriously. I don't, I mean, Every time I see him, I think her ass. Yeah. <laughs> see what I'm saying? Well, don't blame the plantain. God darn it. Thank you. Um, so, Go, go back to the, um, so was it 98 was the first championship? 98. For us? Yeah. 2001. 2001. Who did 2001 we season, 2002, we played Nebraska. Oh, Nebraska. And then a year later, we played Ohio State. So I was in the lead that year. Was I was that, at the game. Was though. that the Nebraska game that uh, Vilma put the, was mm-hmm. it Vilma, that he absolutely destroyed mm-hmm. that tight end? That yep. It looked painful. It was. And painful. they played it back like 15 times. Yeah, man. And it was just like, he just stuck his helmet in his chest and it just So looked- rewind to that, right? We played, we played Washington the year before the second game that cost us the championship. Uh-huh. Washington is on the schedule the championship year uh-huh. in Miami. Mm-hmm. We could pull that score up. Man, we killed them because they were the reason why. Yeah, yeah. It was a night game to where we scored like six, 50, 60 points, something like that. We smashed them. I think the AD was like, we're not playing y'all anymore, ever. I just Y'all I, ran the score up. I re- we didn't. I remember, like, it just seemed yeah, so really good twos. So, like, effortless. You know, like, when you would watch UM play at that time, and just from an offensive standpoint, defensive standpoint, it was just like, I mean, the game looked easy. Yeah. You know, and it was just because there was so many people on the field that – or studs. Yeah. I mean, and they literally could have gone and been a stud anyway. Yeah, and we you had know? great coaches, man. That's I what mean, I've been talking about, you know, a lot because I'm going to go ahead and get this. one of your pancakes. Oh, we'll scoot it. We'll scoot it. We'll scoot it. <laughs> do you want to tell him what he's eating? Uh, so this is a hidamasa. Hidamasa. Ceviche. 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 With, um, green papaya. A little papaya. Carpaccio. Carpaccio on yeah. top. And then a papaya citrus. Okay. Thank you. I was nervous, Shannon. Thanks, nervous Shannon. You did a great job. Oh, mm-hmm. Thanks for drinking my coffee. Don't yeah. you take those pancakes? No, leave, leave them. We'll eat them. You can bring some more. Yeah. The um, I just I remember at that time, and I think it made the UM fan very like, I mean, we were selfish at that time. We thought we were going to be good for I mean, for a long time, fifty years. Yeah. You know, and I think that's coaches change. I mean, coaches change. I think culture changes. We didn't and want mindset. Bush to leave. Like, yeah. Butch came in my first year. Actually, before that, he was already in the mood of changing it. We only right. had 15 to 16 scholarships right. when we came. Right. You know, and he was like, y'all going to be the – when he recruited us, I think he told us all the same thing. Like, y'all will be the group to change this. That's you know? And quite frankly, we were. Mm-hmm. You know, but Butch left my senior year. Going into my senior year, Butch leave, right? 
right when I told everybody I wasn't going to the league, Butch said he's going to Cleveland. Oh, yeah. Right? I'm like, come on, man. We in tears the whole locker room. Mm. Right? Butch leaves, go to Cleveland. Five seconds after that conversation, we wipe the tears like, okay, who's our next coach? And they were going to bring in Alvarez from Wisconsin, I think. Mm. Um, We were like, no, we want somebody in-house. Right. One Larry Coker, C.J. Curtis Johnson was actually the reason why. He was like, look, don't have them bring somebody who don't know you guys. Right. Because they're going to change stuff. And sure enough, you saw that after Larry left, but it was already going downhill. So we were so mature, man. Like, we were leaders. And you tried to... Excuse me, you try to do the same thing with guys, younger guys, and they wasn't that. Mm. You know, and then all the coaches went into shambles. They arguing up there and don't like each other. Mm. That's when the program started going downhill. Mm-hmm. You know, it really was after that sec, that flag in the end zone in Ohio State. Oh, man, I'll never forget that Yeah, flag. man, it, it was it was going downhill. So we go to we, – we get, we get Larry Coker in there, Right. We know we win a national championship. Nobody's going to beat us. We, we, we knew we was going to have some tough games because playing in Boston College is always tough. Yeah. Playing in Virginia Tech, always tough. Right? This one, Beamer ball was big. Big. Right? So we play those two games. They real tight, cold up there. That's why it's always tough. Mm. That's funny because as soon as I got here, last week, my first week, we talking about the up north games. Like, right. how y'all prepare for that? I'm like, you can't prepare. You can't prepare for it. You just Elements just don't matter. Yeah. You know, elements don't matter. It's a mindset. Yeah. You, it's a mindset. You can't, it, it don't matter, you know, but you can't prepare for that here. Mm. I don't care how cold you got the, the rooms, the meeting rooms. You yeah, know? it's the other way around. It's like they can't pre- prepare for the heat here. They just can't. The humidity, the heat. I mean, all that's like, and you see it every time someone comes to Miami to play. Like, it's, it's harder in that cold, once, though. Once, I mean, yeah, but I don't know, in the third quarter. In the OB? Yeah, I mean, just when no you doubt. get when it's hot and it's humid and it's like, no you know, and then they're like that. They got the things with the ice, and now they have mm-hmm. the big fans. Yeah. Shit doesn't help. I'm yeah. sorry. If you're not used to it, and you didn't grow up with it, or you don't train in it, you don't know it. That's true. So, like the cold, I mean, I think that's more of a frame of mind. Now, if it's like 10 degrees, five degrees, that's different. And it's snowing. Yeah. That's a totally different thing. Yeah, I played in Baltimore, so yeah, that's Shit. that was a, a different, a uh, very different dynamic. Man, what was it different? It was different when I moved up there when I got drafted. Yeah. Like, oh shit. I got a CTS. I can't even make it to work. <laughs> I can't get up the hill. Yeah. I had to go my ass back home. That's like a big, that was a big culture shock for me too. Just like, what is, what is this black ice thing? Yeah. Like, I was like, what is this? Right. Oh, you can't drive your car. So how am I going to get to practice? Right. Like, I don't, what, what happens now? Like, oh, you got to hit your ride with someone that has a truck. Huh? Yeah. That's weird. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's very, very different. And again, I never saw snow till I was 18 years old. I never wow. experienced the cold. Yeah, me and you about the same shit. Cold, like 20 degrees. I remember all... the first time I saw snow. It was like 89 in Louisiana, and it only was like freckles coming down. Right. Like, oh, shit. Well, snow. the humidity, at least that's the same when you came here. Humidity in Louisiana and here is pretty much the same. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but I was I was 200-something pounds, man. Overweight, fat boy, believe it or not, and couldn't move for shit. I had a big-ass sprained ankle, though. Yeah. You know, so I just gained weight. You know, but um, but yeah, to get back to so we 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 get the national championship season going, right? We ain't losing. We don't give a shit. We beat Virginia Tech the last game, going to Rose Bowl. I get a phone call late night. Willis McGahee called me. Mm. 
He's like, bro, no good, no good want to make a song. I said, want to make a oh. song? <laughs> okay. I said, <laughs> I said, I said, when? It's like, bro, tonight. I said, tonight? All right. What's the address? It's like, come to the studio. Gave him the address, get to the studio, right? It's like, the name of the song is Ballin' Boy. Yeah, yeah. Here's the beat. Gave us the beat. It's like, um, we can write the verse for you, or you can write it yourself. I said, shit, I was already in. I'm big in the music. I DJ and stuff right now. Right. I've been doing it for years. I used to make CDs and slide them under my little friend's doors and stuff that's, like that. That's the old school way. So I'm like, nah, I'm going to write my own shit. <laughs> so I wrote my verse. We make the song. For me and for me, the way we was talking about I'm like, Willis, bro, this is like the Super Bowl shuffle for college. We're making this song before the game, and we're going to put it out before the game. Nebraska is going to hear this shit. This Super Bowl shuffle, we ain't losing. We're not losing this game, man. I think I had a dream. I think Nebraska was listening to that song in this in their locker room before. Like, this is nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is good. We should just go home now. This is good. We're done shit, here. The, the stadium, when you look at that Rose Bowl picture, the stadium was all red. Oh, was it? It was all red. We had a little sprinkle of orange and green there. Mm. The stadium was all red, but the game was over in the first quarter. The game was over before we got there, but yeah. Good so job. when uh, when Coker took over, I mean, I, I remember that was a, for fans on our side. We felt betrayed by Butch, you know. Everybody did. Players did too. That's why I said, man, you had guys. Because then it, it wasn't even like a like a great. He went to Cleveland. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just like. No offense to my friends in Cleveland. I have friends in Cleveland. I'm sorry. I do too. He, I got mean, home in Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, he went Canton, to Canton, babe. He went to yeah. He went to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just like, I don't get it. I, you know, you have the best college football team I, ever. I remember exact words what Butch told me. This is a chance to better my family's. Yeah. As a man, you got to respect that for sure. But you rub, he rubbed a lot of people wrong because fast forward, when Mark Rick retired, mm. Bush Davis wants the job back. Yeah, of course. I get a phone call, actually reaching out to him too, and he called me like, hey, you know, if you can help anyway, I would love to be back. Wow. Like, Shit, Coach, you go, I'll go back. <laughs> yeah. You know? And they, no, Bush, the way Bush left. And I got it. I was like, I understand. Say no more. I totally get it. For totally sure. get it. You know, that's why the FIU game was so big this I year. Know. Butch. Butch circled that shit on the Of course it did. You know, on the schedule, man. I mean, when they were talking about Butch going back, it was a part of me that wanted Butch to go back. You know, I mean because yeah, he's a good coach. He's a great recruiter. Great he's gonna recruiter. have a great staff. You right. know. Yeah, a lot of people felt that. I, 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 I agree with you on that. You got to respect what he's done so far where he's at now. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's like. Because you know you're going to get athletes. There's athletes everywhere. For Coaches sure. would separate things, man. Can't yeah, harp on that enough. It's it's funny that you say that because. Uh, what we got here, man? So, ceviche, uh, hiramasa. How we cut this? We cut you just, this? Yeah, you just spoon get it. You get in there. Don't. You just. So. You spoon it? Yeah. I don't want to cut you off, but. No, no, no. You cut me off. It's fine. And you just get in there. Spoon it. What kind of fish? 
Hiramasa. It's like a Hiramasa. very similar to Snapper. Never even heard of that. Yeah, it's yeah. like a Snapper? Yeah, very similar. Texture-wise, not so much, but flavor-wise, yeah. Okay. Man, that sauce is serious. Yeah, local papayas, the oh same over the top. Um, local papaya in it and the carpaccio on top also. Man, that's good. Yeah, this is like our food, you know, simple. It's just really like really good products, you know. Fresh is all outdoors. Yeah, fresh, good quality. That's our the name of our game here. So, Baltimore. Talk about that journey. Going Man. from, you know, from Miami to top of the world, Miami, like running the whole college football world, pretty much everybody hating us. Yeah. Which is great. I think that's amazing. To this day. Yeah. Well, we'll UM will never get the credit that it deserves. No. Because we're UM. And, you know, like, you can well, go all the deep meaning. There's a deeper meaning behind it. You, I mean, and I'm the only person who really talk about that. Go ahead. Meaning. What's the deeper meaning? I want to talk about it. I like deep meanings. Deeper meaning? Yeah, yeah. You got to go back and look at what Miami was, you know, back in the day. Back during the Alonzo Highsmith times? All those guys. <coughs> That's a Columbus guy. Right? I just want to point that out. <clears throat> Middle Miami, all Miami guys. Predominantly black mm-hmm. team. Right? Enjoying themselves on the field. Yeah. Just playing football, being kids. Miami is the closest thing to an HBCU college. Yeah. Division one, Miami's HBCU private when it comes to football. Right. You know, it just might as well be Grambling, might as well be Southern. Right. You know, so how do you think you get convicts versus Catholics? I know. I was about to say Catholics versus convicts. How do you think you get that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it. you know, it's because the society, you know, that's what they did. Well, something I've always said is that, you know, once you, you, pass, me once you pass, like, Broward. See, I call it. I did. Once you pass Broward, yeah. it's a different, it's a different ballgame, right? Truly. Like, you don't. Uh, Miami is its own world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, when you leave Miami, you feel alienated from the rest of the world. No doubt. And in the football community, the way that we handled ourselves, I mean, you mm-hmm. go all the way back to the years. This is bomb, dude. Thank you. Thank you. The the Jimmy Johnson times. Yeah. I mean, we handle ourselves with swag. No doubt. You know? The problem is... I mean, that's all through Miami, too. You had Miami Vice, you got listen, Cowboy I, and all that. You thing. don't have to explain it to me. I'm I born, know. And, born and raised here. Yeah. I live in Virginia. I travel around, you know, the country cooking with mm-hmm. people. And it's just a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, they look at us differently. I I can't tell you how many times in other places people ask me, it's like, so are you like Scarface? Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not like Scarface. <laughs> I'm just Cuban. What? I don't understand. You know, it's like, did you sell cocaine? Like, no, I didn't sell cocaine. I don't understand where you get this. I just was around. Yeah. <laughs> it's around. I mean, it's it's everywhere, right? Port, the port is right there. But right. it's like, people will always judge us because they don't understand us. Truly. You know? and, and that, they love here. But the, uh, they vacation they here. They love it. They vacation here. They because love it. we, you know, people, whatever. But it, it's just, uh, and that, that football team really showed that. You know, mm-hmm. like, I remember we were almost on... Uh, Nobody knows this story, actually. We were almost on uh, 
Iron Chef, like the old school Iron Chef? You should be, man, because yeah. I'm eating the shit out of this ceviche. This <laughs> shit is so good. I was going to say, Ed is, I was I gonna say, Ed is fucking that ceviche up nah, right now. I'm not, I'm not like a big TV guy. I'm not, so, anyways, but they asked us to be on it, and then we went through this whole process, and then they ended up not choosing us. But in the like in the team meetings we were having, we were actually going to dress up for the show the way UM used to dress up in the fatigues with the hats and everything. And we were getting some heat for that because they asked us, like, you know, what is your team going to present yourself at? And we're like, we're going to be like my, as my heavy as we can be. Yeah. And they didn't like that. They don't like it. No, they like it too much. They don't like it, man. But it's fine. Like, it doesn't matter. Right. If you can't be who you are, I'm not going to pretend to be someone else True for shit. you to make you comfortable. True shit. Not, life isn't about you being comfortable. True shit. You know, you got you to gotta be uncomfortable to understand no doubt. shit around you. So, no doubt. But, you know, this is a tangent. It's the one you get me into a tangent about good. people. Go ahead, do your thing, man. No, you could. This is all for you. I I'm have it every day. Everything. No, You're go good. for it. You, you had this plenty of time. Yeah. Uh, so, how was it different when you went to Baltimore? Man, I'll tell you, just straight up. I, Baltimore was one is the only at that time was the only other football team I would root for. Because of, because of you and Ray. Oh, every was game it. was there. No yeah, doubt. Yeah, I mean that's like the only reason, and not just that. Like the defense, I played D tackle my whole life. Uh-huh. So. That defense. Really? Oh, man. Yeah. Get out of here. Well, I lost a good amount of weight. Let's pull up some old tape. Yeah. <laughs> i tell you, I was a mean three technique I'll now. I was that, a mean man. three technique now. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was all conference in college. You know, a small college, but we're not talking about UN. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Small college. No doubt. Smaller people. Um, but, yeah, just that, that defense, the attitude that that team brought to the field, you know, like, you had a good quarterback, but you know you weren't fielding Tom Brady as a quarterback. And no, still, hell no. And you still won Super Bowl, you know. So it's just like, and you won it through defense. Yeah. So that to me is like that's why that will always stick we out. We won it as a team, to be honest. Um, but to go back, when I first got drafted, first of all, I didn't want to go to Baltimore because I took a visit there before I got drafted. Oh yeah. And I felt like I felt like things were not professional as they should have been on my on my visit. What I know about the draft is that it's out of your control unless you're a Manning. True shit. No shade thrown at all. No, no. Peyton, if you're listening, we're sorry. Hey, that's my guy. I'm gonna yeah. play I'm gonna play golf with him next week at Augusta. Oh uh, yeah. right. Me and he too. called he me called too. me. Right? <laughs> me too. I'll be there also. You know, and I, I scheduled this before I took the job, so Coach Noah's actually yeah. been in there. You know, and I'm like I'm so Miami to where I was about to cancel this shit, and everybody's like, "You can't cancel Augusta, can't, yeah. can't cancel Augusta." Yeah, you still know? get a green jacket though. Hey, you know it. So I didn't want to go, but it was out of my hand. I don't care. Ozzy Newsom called me on draft day. You ready? Ready? Shit, I'm in tears. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. You know because for one. Miami had laid so much of a foundation on me mm. with football, coaching studying, working out. I could play football anywhere. That was no question. I get the my I get the call. I know Ray is up there. He's a hurricane. So I know I'm gonna be good. Some way, shape or form. I know he's gonna enlighten me on the business. Right. And how things are ran up there. Soon as I get drafted to Baltimore, it's like what's gonna happen between Ed the leader and Ray the leader how that locker room is going to mesh. I'm like, dude, I've been here before. I'm a freshman all over again. Right. You know, it's not my team, it's his team. I get to Baltimore. 
And it was like, I actually, I think I came late to training camp. As soon as I got there, it's like, get in there. You know, you the starter. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because the coach who drafted me, he knew he actually, he actually had me in the combine here, the pro day we had. And he was like, and this is what everybody else is saying. If I rolled the ball out in Miami, a football out, it would have been the first guy to grab it. Mm. And he probably was right. Because it was, it, was, it was my shit. Football is my shit. Right. You know, it's like cooking your thing. Football mm-hmm. is my thing. You know, I let this shit through and through because it was my way. Mm. It was my way to, way out, you know. So when I got to Baltimore, bro, I felt like it was home again when I got into the city, when I started mingling with, with the people. I felt like I was back in New Orleans. Right. Because they're like twin cities with the stuff they deal with in the inner cities and the schools and stuff. So I was I was I was home again, man, and I wanted to do I wanted to win a championship for them, mm. you know, because I I didn't want to be a guy jumping from team to team. I wanted to have a career. I feel like if you're doing that, you're on your way out. Right. I wanted to do the same thing we did here in Miami. Bring and I brought that culture with me. I brought I brought the the Thursday nights at Hooters, you know. Good choice. Yeah, watching watching film with the fellas, go out to eat. We did that in Baltimore. I used to rent out a rent out a um, place called Yuki Sushi, right, and tell all the team to come over there after after the um, practice. Don't eat at the facility, dude. Just come over, man. I don't give a shit how much shit. I know when they get there, guys gonna chip in and guys did. Mm-hmm. Not everybody going to come, but we can. This is how you build the camaraderie. This is what we did in Miami. We did everything together. Mm. Bowling that night the 12, 1 o'clock. Me, Bubba, Reggie, Santana, their brothers, Rod, Mac, Shorty B, freaking Nate. All of us were bowling together. 12 o'clock at night, 1 o'clock at night. Mm. You know, going to dinner, going out together. We stayed in the Grove. Mm. Everything we did was the Grove. Sandbar, we can walk right on the Sandbar right now. Get what a big bucket at, big bucket of Long Island. <laughs> yeah. You know, we did everything together. So that culture came to Baltimore. And Ray already had Phil Collins playing in the um, stadium. Yeah, that's good. Before, right at pregame. It was like being in the OB. When I heard that the first time in, in, in Baltimore, oh, man, I almost lost it. I almost lost it. Like, we're we going to win a championship here. Mm. Years started to pass. I was like, we're not going to win, dude. Like, this is hard as shit. Like, yeah. you got to have every component from upstairs to downstairs, you know, to win a championship. And I knew that. Coming from here. Since it's come up a couple of times, I'm going to give you a little bit of four-footer right here. That's, that's okay. Oh, what? When, your, I was, uh, when, I D, when I was a deep, when I was a nose tackle? Yeah. There was Where a nose tackle size and there was a deep tackle oh, size and a DN size. You got the happy days look. You got the happy days look. Oh, man, look at that. Damn. I still look good right there, though. Hair has always been nice. So Baltimore is good, man, until it snowed. Yeah, <laughs> it snowed. Oh my god! You know that's my first time seeing like real yeah. come down snow, and it's a different world, man. Man, and the and the culture, we I think the the biggest culture we we did too, which was crazy to me. Like school was canceled, yeah. We still had to practice. practice, and I was like, this is doesn't make any sense. There's to me. no days off in the NFL. Oh, I believe no that. days off of football. I believe that no days off of football. You play this sport. 
there's no days off. People don't really know that. Yeah. You get sick. I get sick. I got sick. I think I had the flu or something really bad. I'm at home. Like, I'm not coming in. Like, I'm sick. Mm. No, you got to come in. Somebody got to take a look at you. What the? F- like, yeah. you got to put the eyes on you. Make yeah. sure you're not lying. Dude, like, dude. Well, it's a business, too, for them. No doubt. And uh, in, in college, it's more... Yeah, but any business, you're sick, you can call in, you get some days, you got some days, that's, right? That's true, personal days. That exists. You have no personal days unless it's some family stuff. Mm. And your coach better be a family guy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because if he's not, which I never I never heard of a, a, a coach that wouldn't let you go if it was a family issue, you know, so... I think the, like, football as a sport, I always, like... I'm fortunate enough to lead younger cooks and try to teach them how to be a part of a team. And that do is your, that is role. that is one of the hardest things for people to understand, I think. And it's like being a leader mm-hmm. is so much more than just like being good at your position. Yeah. Whatever your position may be. For me, I cook for a living. True for stuff. you, you play safety. But it's like when you lead, you gotta do things like let's go watch film yeah. somewhere. Let's hang out. Let's go bowling. Let's yeah. do it's like there's so much more. You need to care about the person. Yeah. And that's why when I say, like, coaching matters so much. Yeah. Fortunate enough to have, like, great coaches in high school and right. great coaches in college that actually uh, one of my coaches is at Oregon now, and he's just like – he instilled, with, with Mario Cristobal. Yeah. With, well, Cristobal's a Columbus guy. So, yeah. And so his O-line coach, Alex Mirabal, okay. was one of my coaches in high school. Wow. And he's just like, that hard work mm-hmm. – Stayed with me forever. No doubt. Waking up at 6 in the morning, training at 6 in the morning. And it's like I try to get them to understand it here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. That's why I say kids should play sports. 100%. And not just All that. All kids. Well, and, you, and something you keep saying that you go back and say, we, I did it for X. We do it for this. Mm-hmm. It's not. There is no I. Mm-mm. And, you know, there's always that there's no I in team. But it's more than that. There's no I no. in working together. There's no I in no. working towards a common good. No. And that common good could be whatever. No, it truly. could be you know. For us, it's trying to execute some of the best food in the city right. or in the country. Everybody you know? has a role. It's, it's a construction company, right? You right. Know? Everyone like, I, I I always said it. You know, like um, a perfectly executed play is like a symphony, right? You right. got these five dudes that are all three hundred plus pounds, mm-hmm. and they're all in the trenches, and it's tough. Yeah. And then you have safeties doing X, and you got linebackers doing, for it all to work. Everybody's got to be on the same page. Yeah, man. And the only way to do that. Is through coaching, leadership, and people believing in each other. Because yeah. if you don't think your homie's going to do the right thing, yeah, then they're going to make you do something else. Right. That's that's not part of the program. Right. And now you're reaching. Yeah. You know, you 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 you're not in your gap because you don't think he's going to do that. He hasn't did it at practice. Right. He haven't showed up for meetings. He haven't showed up. But it's um, see how much it, for, how much deeper it goes. It's yeah. Like you didn't show up for meetings. You didn't watch this film. You yeah, didn't like miss class. You didn't you didn't come to this. Um, you freaking keep the locker room trash. No, you didn't come to the voluntary workout that we had at six yeah. that everyone knows is not voluntary, really. Exactly. You know, it's not really voluntary. Hell no, it ain't voluntary. If you really want to play, you really got to show up. You know, so it's like, so I know you didn't do those things. So it's so much deeper than just like, true. you didn't do that right. True stuff. And I feel like that applies to regular life so much. Yeah. You know, just that whole leadership aspect and that. Yeah. They don't know about the times when you got to stay and clean up and do something in the kitchen. You know, I, you know? I, I tell younger guys all the time, like, I will never ask you to do something I haven't done myself a million times or won't do right now. That's deep. Say that. You know, if if, if you if you think that I'm I'm going to be too big to do it, right. then you're working for the wrong guy. No doubt. 
You know, I, I agree with you on that, man. And, it's, and I think all, it has to do with like everything in life, everything, everything. It's all True. about a team, and and that's why I have such a hard time relating to people that don't play, that didn't play sports, right? Because you know, they don't understand that whole like team aspect. Of yeah, that, you know? taking so, care of each other, accountability, accountability. You know, you know, um, you know when 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 I talk to these guys and like you know we're not playing a game, like we go into a crazy night. We know it's going to be a crazy night. Like, I know tomorrow's going to be a crazy night. Right. Friday I mean, night. Well, it's Valentine's, Valentine's Day, Day. So, it's like a whole different thing. Yeah. It's just a title, but, you know. Right. But it's like, <laughs> you prepare them every single day. Like, this this is good. You need to prepare yourself for X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you need mm-hmm. to get ready for these kind of things. And Yeah. Customers. Right. A lot of people. It might right. be slow. It might be fast. It's, you know. Right. So, it's just, I, I don't know. Working I, with customer service is huge alone, man. That's why I'm in the back. That's right. why I don't deal with customers. Yeah, because I'm way too. I'm too animated and too emotional to I tell people. You, you know that, what I'm saying? Man. It's just like uh, to tell people. That's why front of the house is a special breed of. Yeah, but if like, they knew, like you said, how a team worked, they knew really put themselves in your shoes. Yeah, customers would be patient. They should be patient. Yeah, you know? but you know, like it's, but it's the same thing in sports, right? Like, why isn't my team good? They don't understand really the, all the intricacies of what what went wrong during a game or why this play didn't work or Too why sure. was this guy out of position. They don't get it. Too you know, sure. they really got to take the time to learn it. So, what is this again? Is it you? Papaya. Papaya. Yeah. Let me see what's happening. Yeah, that's green, and then in that one is the ripe one. Oh man, that sauce. Yeah, the sauce is something else. That's actually a recipe I've been using for ten years, and I just found it again in an old book. And we kept it. Legendary shit right there. I appreciate that. Man, that shit is good. Dude. I appreciate that. I know you, man. I'm I'm always in the kitchen, man. I'm, I got a bunch of chefs that's friends. Chef Peter, who's um, at Red oh, on yeah. the beach. Peter Vaughn. Right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we have a bar that's right next to Red. It's word. on the other side. It's called Scapegoat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, chef at the um, Wynn Hotel, Wynn Hotel in um, Vegas. Oh, yeah. As SW in Lakeside. Yeah, that's my guy David out there. Um, I got a chef I met in um, Dominican Republic who I just text. Oh, he yeah. actually helped me take my vegetables to another level. Yeah, that's real cooking right there. And he was like, "Hey, I'm gonna send you something and just try." I'm yeah, like, yeah, all right. Texting one night, I'm cooking veggies. Give me something. He was like, "All you gotta do is put your fresh garlic in there first. Yeah, don't let it brown too much, and then go out." Man, look at the veggies. It's a big dead. difference. <laughs> I, anyone can can grill a steak. I'm, I'm a big believer in that. But it's like when you start. Yeah, everybody can grill. Yeah, when you, you start like it's hard uh, to mess up the grill. When you start working like well, what's in season, what's local, how do I cook this vegetable? Right. You know, and like try to challenge a diner to stuff that they're not totally used to. Right. Which is like pretty much our entire menu. Right. Um, you know, it's a little bit more of training and coaching, if you will, getting right. them to the right place. Right. So how was it winning a Super Bowl? Mm. How was that? How did that compare to winning a national championship? Too different. Totally different. Totally different. Mm. Because in college, I'm with them brothers all the time. Right. My boys. Joaquin Gonzalez. Columbus guy. I'm my dude. throw that out there. I'm my brother. Yeah. His family is like family. You know, I'm, I'm so you happy to be here because I get to go back over there and have our. Dude, we used to go by walking house, and his mama and people used to call. Oh, they cook so yeah. much food, 
you know, oh my God, it was the best times. Yeah. And I'm hanging out with the old line. You know, I'm like the only safe, the only DB there. That was a good old line, man. Oh man. That was a good old line. Come on, man. It's a good old line. You know, so those were the that was why the national championship was so special. Mm. Super Bowl, it's hard for me to rate it because for one, it was in New Orleans. Oh, nice. It was we it was the first Super Bowl after Katrina. We were the last team to play in the Superdome before Katrina. Wow. Look at that. It's in my backyard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is the ultimate high. I actually cried for the AFC Championship game. I didn't cry for the Super Bowl. I knew we wouldn't lose it. Don't lose bowl games. <laughs> That's good. I like that. We don't lose bowl games. When I was in Miami, we don't lose bowl games. We, that's something we don't do, and 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 I don't. I could I I could probably say we didn't lose first games either, because you give us too much time to prepare. Mm. That's why last year bowl game, I'm like, what the, what's going on? Right. Two weeks, you know what I'm saying? Uh, however long we had, and you, no way. I think mm. we had a month before the national championship. There's no way we losing the bowl game. We didn't lose no bowl games when we was here, you know. So. That Super Bowl, man, was something, man. I, just, I knew we weren't losing. Dude, I ate oysters every day. I like that. I ate oysters every day, and I did not see a lady friend at all. <laughs> Nobody yeah. can get that pressure. Yeah, that's pressure. Only people going to get that pressure was San Francisco. Oh, yeah. That pressure <laughs> hit me in the first quarter. I sprained my MCL mm. on both legs. I had a second degree on my left and a first degree on my right. The mm. first quarter, I'm looking at Kaepernick ball, knowing I could pick it off and I couldn't move. I'm like, I know we ain't going to lose this game, but I'm not supposed to shine like that. I'm not supposed to have four or five interceptions right now. And right. I, I can go back and show you, like, I should have had that one. I should have had that one, mm. you know. But, yeah, man, it was special because it was in my backyard, you know, and all that stuff I told you about Katrina and all that beforehand. You know, I could we couldn't have did it in a more better place. I mean, shit, I won a sugar bowl there. Mm. You know, so yeah, man, it wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. It must be like uh, I always thought about because we, I, I never Division Three doesn't do bowl games, right? We had the playoff system. Championship, had, yeah. championship for the conference. Yeah, so we were a very young program, so we never made it past the first round. Um, right. We made it though, which is nice. But hell yeah, get to the dance. Yeah, and in, in in high school too. Like my high school just won states for the first time ever. Wow, and wow! Been around for sixty years, so you know, never got to win like a championship game. Mm -hmm. And but the idea of like being on that level, yeah, and being abs the absolutely best, yeah, in the best league, yeah, with the best players, yeah, and you guys just won. I, I can't even fathom what that's like. It's just like this past Super Bowl. Th that was a great game. Yeah, it was. That was a great game. And I'm one of the people that in the fourth quarter, I was like, I think San Fran's got this. Yeah. I think. I was right with you. I, I think San Fran's got this. The Just body language is there. Just yeah. like Six minutes look. left, you just got an interception. Right. Right. Six minutes left. As a defender, you like, no way. Right. And the way San Fran played all year is like they were battle tested enough to, but the boys can score. 
they can score. You know, and if it shows how much coaching too. I mean, I mean, I, I don't take anything from Shanahan, but you know, he was there when they didn't play sixty minutes against the Patriots. What, twenty-eight to three, twenty-eight. Twenty-eight to three. God, twenty-eight three or twenty-five. They were down twenty-five or something like that. Right. Yeah, man. It's a sixty-minute ball game. Well, you know, I gotta say, I had no, I wasn't really pulling for anyone. I just wanted a good game. Yeah, me either. I mean. You know, I'm I just want to watch watch a good good a good football game. And it was that, but it was nice to see Andy, Andy Reid get it. Win a Super Bowl, no doubt, bro. Nice to see Andy Reid win. I a think Super everybody Bowl. in the world wanted that. Yeah, I mean, like you know, Shanahan's, you know, what is it, his third year coaching? Yeah. friend? Yeah. Second year, somewhere. He'll, like he'll be there. He'll you know, be back. he can hope to be back. We said the same thing about Marino too. We can hope to be back. But that is true. We said the same thing about Marino. That is true. As a it Dolphin fan, a- I'm a Dolphin fan. I take nothing for granted. No, I already know, <laughs> you man. Know what I'm saying? They got to tell me. I've been, I've been seeing it too. Yeah. So, why y'all don't draft Miami guys? What are you? Why are you asking me? I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't draft them. I mean, Baltimore's got my quarterback. That's the one I wanted to draft. It makes no sense to me that we didn't draft that quarterback. We're sitting on a wide receiver as a as a quarterback for eight years. Crazy. Ten Hill. Yeah. And listen, he's not a bad quarterback, right? But he's not going to take you to the dance. He's not. I'm sorry. He was in, in the. What was it? Dude, I've been talking about Fitzpatrick all year long, dude. Listen, I like Fitzpatrick, man. I, he's not bad for just for a stopgap quarterback. Just, just a, yeah, for a stopgap quarterback, yeah. he's not bad. He's a backup. He's a back. He is a backup. He is a backup. Tannehill's also a backup. True. He's not gonna. He's not gonna win you. Any, no. What was his uh, stat line? Was it like seven? <laughs> he's trying to take the ceviche right now. That was that. Whoa, 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 was all right. What was it? Kansas. <laughs> his stat line was what? Seven for 14 for like 84 yards, and that's what got yeah. him to the AFC Championship game? Yeah. I mean, come on. You're not going to win any Super Bowls no, like that. No, man. That's why I'm like, Baltimore, what are we doing? Yeah. You know, like I was, I was coach, baby. I was, pretty, I was pretty sad that Baltimore didn't make it to the, the Super Bowl. I was man, definitely Man, you know how many people lost money on that? I wasn't one of those people because I don't bet. But, yeah, a lot of people lost a lot of money thinking Baltimore was going to be there. So life after NFL. Man, it's been awesome. Yeah, you know, can't say I don't miss it. I'd be I'd be alive if I told you I didn't miss playing football and being around my teammates. When you do something you love and it's taken away from you. You can imagine hurting both hands and you can't cook. Right, right. That'll drive you eating other people's shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, just wa- having to watch my guys cook and not cooking, and right? Just having to like work the room is is a lot. For yeah, me. So, you know. So I feel you. But it's it's been awesome, man. Spend more time with family. Um, Wait, what's, what's sorry, cut you off. What's next? Uh, he's gonna do a short. Let's just do the short one. Oh. Yeah. Look, I'm doing this to BJ. Yeah. My God. What were we talking about? Just life after football. Oh, yeah. That's the concussions kicking in. Yeah. I had a few of those, but, you know, you, you stay cognitive and keep yourself around the right people. How many of those do you have? The ones I remember, three. Yeah. But I and noticed I, it was more. It, it's it's incredible that when you look back how much they really affect you. I had five in college, and it was like between high school and college. I mean, when you're on kickoff return, talking like about nobody, nobody, nobody should be on kickoff return. Oh. The wedge setter on kickoff return, that is a terrible job. Back then, it was. I don't, it know, was, I don't know how it is now. They changed the rules, man. But it's like that wedge. That wedge was serious. It was real, real. You life. had O line, D line right there. That was me. 
Yeah. yeah. We're just going to slap you in the middle and yeah. hope that, that people can get by you. And you, got a, you got a bomber coming, man. He's oh, coming. Man. He's the coming. Worst. And in Division Three, it's like there's not many athletes, so they're just – Lack of better words, that's what you had coming. You had a suicide bomber coming right there. Right at you. Just running full throttle. Oh, Nobody slowed him down. Yards, 40 yards, head of steam. He's they got don't his- play. Those guys don't play regularly on the team, so they don't care. They got four chances to just had, someone. You had – I was starting kickoff my senior year. The Weaver Twins, mm. Antrell Roll, oh, man. Sean Taylor. Oh, Sean. That's who running down at you. That's what you got running down at you. You, you ever look at Sean Taylor's <laughs> stats from high school? I haven't. He, but I knew he was I, – I haven't in a long, long time. Not since he came in. Yeah, because we – He was a monster, dude. We were in, in the county at the same time. He just played in uh, another division. That played I running back too, right? He played everything. Yeah. He could have – he was the coach. He was the quarterback. He was the safety. He was the DN. It's like they just won because he was on the team. Like, it was wild. He was the entire team. Right. His stats were – insane yeah just like willie williams when willie williams played yeah. in the county, he had like 65 sacks this I remember senior year willie. I remember it was willie. incredible average five and a half sacks a game yeah but sean was he was a special he was man he was a special football player a special athlete just the same thing with frank mm. frank frank we beat gables frank Gore? yeah we beat gables best by running 20, back i ever seen by 20 points and he had 270 yards rushing against us yeah and we still beat him by 20, but he's 200. It didn't matter. He's how Frank Can you stop him for less than five yards? Nope. It's incredible. And now. To this day, he's still day, downhill. To this day. I would have loved to see Frank Gore. And he's still, he's top five rushing. I'd have loved to see him with no ACL sprains, man. Oh, man. Because I know how I felt when I first saw Frank Gore tape and when he came to Miami. That's the best running back I ever seen. I don't care what nobody ever says. Frank Gore handles like your best car on the road. Yeah. Smooth. Oh my God. And downhill. Man. Never what? like that side to side movement, it's always forward. Man. Always forward. I've not seen some great running backs. I mean shit. I mean, just on UM. But like, Frank Gore was my guy. I always said that. You know, nothing against E, nothing against Clint, nothing against Willis. I love all them boys the same, no doubt. But, but Frank Gore is just special to me, man. You know, and it I know he is. ran. They ran the shit out of him in high school. Oh, I mean, Gables. He just said it, you know. Gables, I mean, it was just like, so which way is Frank going to go this he time? He probably had 25, 30 carries against y'all. Probably more. Yeah. I mean, probably more. I mean, I'm telling you, we had, so that year it was Daryl Shepard, which was our running back, versus Frank Gore. And it was like, this was they were the two biggest uh, running backs in the county. And I love Daryl. Great football player. Mm-hmm. Frank is was just there was actually another guy named Corey Kinsey, too, in the, in the county at that time, but he was small. He was, like, five feet tall. Mm-hmm. He played for Palmetto, and he would just hit the line like a bull. Word. You could never find him because he was, like, five feet tall. Uh-huh. So those were, like, the three backs. Word. I, I remember Daryl had, like, 225 yards rushing. Frank had 270. But just the team around Frank wasn't – I mean, it was right. Frank. Right, it was Frank. It was Frank. And they no had doubt. a pretty good quarterback, and they had a good um, left tackle that he ended up going um, – he ended up going to UM also, I think. But, I mean, Frank was like, it was just like a special. Oh, man. I mean, I was I was just happy to be because I was a freshman when we played him. Frank came in, right? Frank came in, brother. And this is what made me love him even more. Because I was never a flashy guy. I don't 
I don't need a bunch. I don't need gloves and wristbands yeah. and all that shit. Frank comes in first practice, man. No tape. <laughs> no tape. Second practice, no tape. Third practice, no. I said this is a football player. Yeah, yeah. This is my guy. Frank ain't Frank. Frank just won't play ball. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I remember, man, Frank Frank probably can attest to it, man. His first year, Frank was about to leave you, and Frank didn't want to be there no more. That's interesting. Yeah, Frank was like, this is just too much, bro. I was like, Frank, I'm not letting you leave, bro. These people are here to help. You got all the help around you. I am not letting you leave school. I remember talking to him in the study hall in tears with him. Like he was, he was like, I'm leaving, man. Like I ain't doing this shit, Reed. I was like, no way, no way, man. You staying, man. I'm, I'm so happy for that, man, man. And look at what that turned into. Oh my God, man. I'm so proud of him, dude. I said it. I, I, I had a chance. I worked with um the Grind Epics, mm-hmm. um channel, um the Grind show this year. First year they had it, man. I had a chance to go talk to the safeties up there. Frank Gore's up there wearing number twenty. Mm. Man, I'm in tears watching this. Like, only God really know the joy that was in my heart. Yeah. To see my man Frank Gore and he's wearing 20. I'm like, man, this is this is too much. Yeah. You know. But it's it's been that's the, been the things off the off the field that I've been into, mm. been able to do. I've been an analyst since I've been out work with inside the NFL, a show I watched for years. Yeah, yeah. You know, even when Nick Bonacani was on there, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I've been working with their foundation, rest his soul, before he passed. Yeah, you know, I got invited to work with him. His son Mark called me like a couple of days ago, like, mm. congratulations on the job. Yeah, you know, anything you need, let me know. You know, so man, yeah, man, the way this has been turning has been, it's been crazy. Yeah, you know. It's been really crazy, man. So the, the job, you mentioned the job. Chief of staff. Chief of staff. Tell me what that means. I mean, listen, I'm I'm happy. You know I wanted that sauce. I'm going to mess it right here. Right I'm, right. I'm good. I'm messing with you. We're not, it's not going to go anywhere. No, right? I'm I might put it in the cup. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, sauce. chief of staff, man. I mean, it's 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 been a role that's been around college football for a time, for some time. Mm. Um. For for simplicity, I'm over all football operations. Mm. Um, I'm 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 part not over, but I'm working with people who's over football operations. I'm like I'm I'm um, Manny's right hand, right. like a like like head coach with the head coach. I can't coach on the field though because they already had eleven coaches. Mm. NCAA rules, you can't coach. You can't have more than eleven coaches headphones all that stuff so i can't coach on the field mm-hmm. right right <laughs> this is radio that's good this no is radio. man it's cool i mean i can't it's the truth you know and you know i'm i gotta i gotta fight that mm. because i've been working the camp for 20 years you know that's been my job since i retired my foundation oh yeah you know i'm building a park in my old neighborhood and we come back to that but those have been the things i've been to man chief of staff you know, and that's it. You know, I'm, I'm getting people, like, saying coach to me. You know, I'm like, I'm not a coach. I'm chief, baby. Big mm. Chief Reed. Mm. You know, I'm Chief Reed. So, you know, I'm not a coach. You know, people are like, hey, coach. No, I'm not a coach. 
You know, I don't want I don't want that being thrown around because we don't need no more sanctions. We don't need any more oh, yeah, yeah. stuff you coming know the, back towards Miami. And that's you know, as soon as soon as they get out, or Reed is coaching. No, he's not. And you know they'll they'll come after Miami for anything. Exactly. For anything. Exactly. I mean, they'll wanna they'll wanna eat Miami's lunch for whatever. Exactly. And it like the hate doesn't make any sense to me. You know, like the the media just the media hate overall for sports in general just doesn't make any sense to me. How they try to create like narratives out of nothing. It's just almost like a modern day like soap opera for middle aged people for no no reason. It's all it's all controlled, man. It's all controlled. You know, the media is all controlled. You know, we we know that. I saw being that when this this week and doing this, and we talking about media. Mm. I saw a guy just go off on in MSNBC uh-huh. about Gail, who came out talking reckless in the interview with Lisa Leslie, mm. and Snoop said something. A lot of people said something, mm. and he's talking about she's getting, she's a journalist, she's getting death threats and her kids and this that. The dude's just going off. It was fake as shit. Mm. His go off. You know what I'm saying? Because he's talking, he's a black woman, and this. Come on, man, get out of here with that. Mm. When Sandra Bland died, wouldn't all uh, you wouldn't ranting like that, right? You know, so that that the media just, I don't know, man. We we as people need to wake up mm. and understand that, like it, it, that, it, it, even to the point to when when I first saw the, the the post of Kobe passing. Oh man. I was like, this fake news, like fake this news. some bullshit. That's the same thing I said. It couldn't be real. Yeah, couldn't be real. Yeah, and you didn't want, you didn't want that. You know what no. I'm saying? So, and in this day and age, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just repost shit. You can't do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, the the truth is, and what with I, some bombs. What, what we got here, but this is a pastrami, pastrami style short rib with um, shaved vegetable salad. It's supposed to like be a really fancy version of American barbecue. That's the idea behind it. Yeah, I'm so fancy. Yeah. It's good too, people. <laughs> Make sure y'all come check out my boy in the Grove. I'm a foodie. I'm a. I'm a look. We didn't do the show. I need to do a show just going around eating. Yeah. I don't eat everything, but if you don't tell me, I try. Okay. <laughs> this is good, man. I like that. Yeah, yeah this really is good, actually bro. the only dish that's been on our menu for four years. That's this, is, this is the only one. The only one that's never changed. The one that's been the same one since day one. We it. are smoking a cigar as we eat two people. Yeah, that's that's a big information. No doubt, man. We actually have a full cigar program here at Ariad also. Shame I saw that. I like that. I saw that, I like man. That. That's really good. That so this all, is smoking. This is smoking area right here. Yeah, this was that was all curated by Nick Jimenez right here. Nick Jimenez. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. The man knows. He's been telling me, man. He's like. <laughs> When we first sat down, he was like, "Bro, I got to get you on my boy's podcast, yeah. man." You know, and that's dope, man. I'm man. Look, if you nobody ever told you, I'm proud of you because right. I saw the logo. I was actually standing right by the hat, right. and to know to, to to know, and we all have experienced that to some degree. I tell you about my fourth grade teacher, Miss Savage, who I love dearly for what the things she did. But to tell a kid. He won't be nothing, you know. He won't accomplish nothing to pigs fly. Yeah, and it was about football. Right. She asked me, she's like, what are you going to do? I was like, I'm going to go to Columbus. Mm-hmm. My high school. 
we're rival high schools. So oh, that's why I, I just want to point out. With, with so I keep the, on talking shit to him every time I mention my school. With all the shit you're talking, I'm glad you pointed out. The first thing I did when I met you working for somebody else was look out for this. You did. Yeah, no, it's my. You listen, did. listen, I'm giving you a hard time. Don't get sensitive. All right, <laughs> don't get sensitive. You did. No space. There's no place for that. <laughs> no, and and she was, oh, you know, I'm gonna go to Columbus. I'm gonna play football, and then I'm gonna go to college. I'm gonna mm-hmm. play football in college. I was a terrible student, and I was wiry. And, you know, I've always been pretty jacked up, forever. And she said on her breath, you know, you'll do that when pigs fly. I said, all right. So when I, because it, it started, it actually started off as a t-shirt brand, like, yeah. I don't know, nine years ago, yeah. 10 years ago, maybe. When I made my first t-shirt, boxed right. it up, and I mailed it to her. I never told her what, what it was for, or who it was from, or whatever. And that's just, it's been a recurring thing all throughout my career. Wow. That logo. Yeah. Just because I feel like. There's so many times that people tell us we can't do something. Yeah, man. I don't get that with, in high school. Even to this day, I don't get that with coaches. Because I deal with a lot of high school coaches. I'm sure. And you tell me, you saying that this kid don't work for the program. Let me figure that out. Right. You know? Let me assess him. Let me talk to him. You know, I, I just don't get that how grown folk won't help kids. It, and it's even more so. Like, let's say the, the kid won't make it to the league, right? Which is hundred percent possible. Yeah. But there's things that you can show that young person yeah. that will help them in their life. Yeah. Period. And that as how about just me? tell them, you know what? Keep striving. Right. Keep Work working hard. hard. Work hard. That's all you have to Work do. Hard. So I'm in fourth grade. Miss Savage. I'm a talker. Like, you know, I'm wired up. I really wasn't a school cat. But yeah. mom didn't play. Dad didn't play. You go in your ass to school. I don't care who you right. think you is. You're in this house. You're going to school. I'm in I'm in my class. And Miss Savage going around class, and she points old Ed Reed out. Edward Reed at the time. Edward Reed. Junior, to be exact. And she's like, um, she's like, um, what do you want to be when you grow up? I was a movie guy. Love old school rap. I was like, I want to be a rapper. Right? And I did make a song, Miss Savage. We talked about that earlier. Right? I said, I want to be a rapper. So she's like. Get up in front of the class and rap something for us. Okay. 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 So I get up there and I bust out some Eric B and Rock Kim for paying for. That's what I'm talking about. That's on the playlist. I and if she'd have listened, about man. And if yeah. she'd have listened to it, right, she'd have been like, maybe he got something. Yeah. Because she was like, that's that's okay. But if you listen to the first verse, it's like. Thinking of a master plan, ain't nothing but sweat inside my hand. I dig into my pocket, all my money is spent. I dig deeper and still coming up with lint. Mm. So I start my mission, leave my residence, thinking how can I get some dead presidents? I need money. Yeah. Used to be a stick-up kid. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I blurted it out. Yeah. She was like, okay, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe. <laughs> she hit me with the maybe. There's possibilities here. You know, and it was so it was it was some tough sled, no doubt. But that was motivation, man. Yeah. Because I actually that was that was actually my second year in fourth grade. Um, they had held me back for some bull, but I was okay with it because my other teacher down the road, I, I had a crush on. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> perfect. You know, but yeah, man, I just don't get that, man. Motivate kids, help kids, help them. You know, help them, man. Because you don't know where they come from. You don't know their surroundings. You don't know what they deal with at home. Yeah. Help them, man. Yeah, you never know how that, that little bit of, uh, that just that little impact you could have on a young person's life forever. I would, 
so I was always too big to play in Pulp Warner, right? Because I always struggled with my weight. And um, I had a, a guy that he ended up passing away a, a very long time ago. And he was actually my cousin's Pop Warner coach. Mm-hmm. But he would talk to me all the time. We would talk about football. And I mean, I've, I've been, I've loved football since I was like a child, Word. you know? And he was like, you know, if you believe it, you could do it. His name was no Hugh, Hugo I. Turby. And that stuck with me forever from when I was a kid. And that's why I always said, and that was like probably in the third or fourth grade, maybe fifth, um, I'm going to play high school ball, right? And, you know, Columbus has a good program. So I had never played football until I got there. Where? So I didn't start till my senior year. I mean, I was on freshman team, second string, third string, junior year. I barely got any reps. And then my senior year, I started all year. Where? And then in college, I started for four years. Where? You know, and it's just like that, just that little bit of motivation that somebody helped me with and made me believe in myself impacted me for, I mean, I'm, that was, I don't know, 25 years you on that road, man. And that's like, people don't realize that little thing they do for somebody can yeah. have an impact forever. Truly. You can tear them down, you can build them up. Right, right. And that's, you, can, you can make that kid go all the way back. In our industry, in like the chef world, everyone knows us as like, we're drinkers, we're smokers, we indulge, we do this, that, and the next. So, I mean, <laughs> so but I did that for a long time. You know, and, and so like two and a half years ago, I made a decision I was going to change that. Quit everything, started new, started training my people different, treating my people different. Get that burnt side. And it's just like that's had an impact on, on these kids and how they're going to impact oh, the next generation. Now you dealing generation. with kids, yeah. Yeah, so it's like. What if you can't come in? Who's going to run this shit? Right. You so know? it's just like I wish people understood more that their words have a lot of power. A lot of power. And that's why we're on a podcast. We no doubt. Words have power. Truly. I so, say that to the coaches, man. Yeah. You know, I'm chief of staff, so I'm assessing the coaches as well as the team. Mm. I'm a ex-Kane, so you brought me in. This is what coach brought me in for. He's like, I want you to look at this. I want you to tell me if this is wrong or, you know, if, if we you think we should change this and try this, you know. Mm. I'm like, I'm with that, coach. You know, but that's what it's for. You have to, man. You need that. You know, we all need that. So you, know? you mentioned um, building a park. Yeah. Back in New Orleans. Yeah. Can you so tell us my, a little bit about that? So my foundation is AreFoundation.org. You can look it up. Um, I'm actually doing the 20 for 20. You can buy a brick. You can donate and we'll put the name on the brick and put it in the park. And... Um, it happens in my old neighborhood. So I grew up in Metairie, Louisiana. Five minutes away from Holly Grove where Lil Wayne grew up at. Yeah. Maybe even closer. And my dad moved us back to where he grew up as a kid, which is St. Rose. And I went to Destrian High School, the same high school my dad left. Back in the day, stuff happened. He had to leave. And... My neighborhood is the only neighborhood because in so we have parishes mm. within St. Charles Parish. You have St. Rose, Destrehan, Sarpe, um, Narco, and Munts, and Hornville, Luland. That's on the other side. But you have all these different little cities, little towns. Like my neighborhood is the only one that didn't have a park. 
if you rewind to when I was growing up as a kid, my dad, my mom always had me as a park. So I always say I'm a park baby. You know, I grew up at the park. I was always at the park. Everything at the park. Dominoes at the park. Grown folk having beer after they played their intramural games and everything. So I grew up at the park. It kept me. It was my outlet away from all the bullshit. Right. You know, drugs infested in my neighborhood. And there's only four streets. Right. I mean, it's six streets. It's actually six streets. It's Mockingbird and Turtle Creek. I lived on Mockingbird. And there's First through Fort Street. Man, since I left, they took the park we used to play in and put a neighborhood through it. So now there's no park. And there's there's a picture on Facebook or something. I, get, I don't know how I got this picture. I know who I got it from. It's my, my ex-teammate um, in high school, Aaron Smith. I'm like, where is this, bro? I'm thinking it's cross seas. And, like, you know, we hit a third world country because that's what it looked like. He's like, bro, that's our neighborhood. I said, oh, shit. We got to do something. Because at that time, you had more murders from kids, kids killing kids in the neighborhood. We got to do something about this, you know, and, and, and that's how the park became, man. It was like, man, we got to find. So we had to find the land. We finally got this lady who donated the land for like 100 years for a dollar. And we got the land now. It's a little off. The beaten path in the neighborhood, but that was the only place we could put a park. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Where is that? Let's do what we need to do. Right. My my director, Glenn, will tell you, I was like, bro, when I first called him, like, we need to build this park. And if I have to pay for it, I will. You know, I, I took care of my finances off the field. That way you can live comfortable. That's another part to it. You have to do that. No matter who you are, you got to take care of your finances. You know, so I'm like, man, you know, no matter what, bro, we're going to build this park. We just got to go through, we had to go through the politics and all that stuff, and we did. And finally now, we broken ground, and they're building it, man. It's moving. About to put down cement and put down the turf field and stuff, man. So that's huge. That's That's been my job since I retired. That's my job. Right. You know, and that's when Coach called me. Man, he called me like, you know, I know you do a lot of stuff. And that's what made me respect him even more. He's like, I know you do a lot of stuff. I'm like, yeah, Coach, my foundation my job. I already have events and stuff. I work with him. Man, we feed over 5,000 families a year. Wow. Between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we feed schools in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. You know, Baltimore is my heart, my home, man. You know, in New Orleans the same way. It's just the dynamics is a little different mm-hmm. there. But, yeah, man, it's like. I had to do this because if you don't, you don't give the kids an outlet, the grown folk, the elders don't have nowhere to walk and just get that, break a sweat, get that energy out, that negative energy out, you know. If you don't have that, that's what the kids are going to do. Hmm. They're going to kill each other. They're going to um, carry guns and sell drugs and stuff. I'm like, I, I walked around here, you know. I dabbled in that stuff. Thank God I didn't feel like that was the life for me you know what i'm saying because right. i had friends and i had people who guided me away from that you know but yeah man it's needed man it's it's totally needed man that we take care of our kids and our communities like you said community is everything you know community is everything. community is everything and one day we're gonna realize america is one big community i mean the world in general the world is a community the world in general true i mean you should care about everyone no doubt 
But no you got to take that home first. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just um, I feel the world is changing more and more because people are hiding behind uh, social media. Big time. Tech, technology. Big no one time. wants to sit down and have a conversation. No. Uh, you know, difficult conversations. People, you know, run away from more. And a lot of them have to do with community, like how you truly. treat people com- in your community, how truly. you talk to people, how you want to better your community. It's truly, man. So that's pretty See, incredible. It's not the same. Like you used to, used to hear, and it's still this way. It's just extended. It takes a village to raise a kid. Mm. Now, you barely even know your neighbor. Mm. Right. You don't want your kids outside running around. We used to run around outside yeah. all day long. Yeah, yeah. Till that street light came on. Mm. Get your ass home. But now you don't trust your kids out because there's so much craziness out here, you know? Well, and, and there's a lot of things that uh, keep kids indoors, too, other than just the craziness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like... Freaking Fortnite. I don't even... People have mentioned that so many times. I don't even know what that is. That just proves I don't even... I don't watch TV. I have no idea. It's a video game. Is that what that is? Thanks. Nintendo game, got it. It's all kinds of games, man. So you, you said I, I want to go back. This the is worst, a, a less serious topic. So give me your top three. You yeah, you want? Oh man, why we very fancy? I mean, I so <coughs> Chardonnay. I want to know. I want to know Ed Reed's top three hip hop artists of all time. Oh man, Eric B and Rakim. Yeah. But are you gonna? That's just one, right? That's that's we're, one. We're put yeah, Eric B, they're together. I mean, they, they're they I together. love Rakim by himself too. They, they, they together, no yeah. doubt. Yeah, they together. Eric B and Rakim. Man, that's so tough. My top three, dude. I know. I know. Oh man, I gotta go with Pac and Biggie. But I'm a Karras one fan. Oh man, that's this is strong. This is strong moves. I'm an Ice Cube fan. I'm, I'm NWA. I grew up on Public Enemy. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the dynamics between hip hop then was different, right? So, and you can watch Hip Hop Evolution, which, which kind of explains it. I'm from the South. The South was more about partying and having fun because the, yeah. the times was just so hard and that's all they really had. Right. I got my knowledge and education influence from up north, East Coast. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a different type of hip-hop. It was totally different. You know, so, and even the West Coast, when you threw NWA in there, Ice-T, Too Short. Yeah, but even when you look at, like, the... the Digital underground shit. The the rhyme patterns of all of them, it really represents, like, where they're from. Like, the type of neighborhoods they're from. Like, when you talk about West Coast hip-hop, just, like, the way that it flows. And that's how you knew what was going on. I'm a big Gangstar fan. Big, right big, big gang star I, fan. Eric B. Right right I know. That's you're like, welcome. this is. Thank you, bro. You need a, you need a job, sir? Hey, Adam, it's a 2017 Chardonnay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You want some oak flavors on that? Yeah. Thank you. It goes good with this cigar, man. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. So no. I got to the Chardonnay because I, I'm from Louisiana, right? Louisiana is the only place you can get liquor anywhere. You can get liquor Anywhere at in time. Louisiana at yeah. any time. Everywhere but Drive the church. Yeah. And if you go to the right church, the pastor yeah, might have something. That's the yeah. benefits of Catholicism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drive through Daku shop. Right? They give you the drink. They just don't put the straw in there. You put the straw in there. If I was a police, I'd just sit at the Daku shop and pull your ass over five minutes later. Yeah, I, I got to say that my first trip to New Orleans was eye-opening. 
That was oh, like man. five, five, six years ago. And man, it's just like a city that's like my spirit animal. It's mm-hmm. like everything about well, I that. I grew from up a, drinking, man. From like a food and drink and yeah. everything perspective. Music. Oh, man. Yeah, music man. It's like, so I, I love like very old school, like 50s, 60s jazz too. Yeah, me too, all, man. All that kind of like brass. Yeah. Uh, well, that's where your hip hop came from. Yeah, I mean, you know, well, a lot of music mu- came from music, that. music came in from general. That. Yeah, music in general. truly. If you, if you were to sit here long enough and you listen to this playlist, be like, man, this guy is crazy. I'm gonna be here for a while. I'm yeah. gonna have to go shower at some point. You got some ladies coming through here, yeah. but you know, <laughs> I, I can know. hold looks, my own. The bar looks pretty good right now. I can hold my own. Yeah. You know? Um, so we're gonna start winding down because I actually have to go cook now. But I have let me to go, wash my hands and come in the back, to, man. Go, let's let's film some of this in the back, I have to man. Go work now, <laughs> us. So usually uh, Nick takes it from here because he's got all the things that we actually do every time that are structured. Yeah, I so, want to try something else. Dude. Yeah, there's so, plenty. Don't worry, we got plenty. Yeah, yeah, we we can keep doing this whole thing after we wrap up, but I want to make sure that we don't skip over the Ed Reed Foundation. Mm. So let's make sure that we let people know all the things you want them to know about the Ed Reed Foundation, how they can find it. And then we'll do a little plug for what we're going to do for the foundation. Right on. Um, yeah, you can find it online, everyfoundation.org. I've been, me and my um, advisors started this um, feeding. Actually, I was already part of the school, Booker T. Washington. Booker T. Washington is a school in the heart of Baltimore. It's like right where the rise started. A lot of those kids were around there. And um, it's really hard, man. Like you saw the wire. When they used to have all of the, the houses boarded up, that's still there, man. Mm. That's right on this street where these kids go to school. They get bad food in there. I'm trying to build a kitchen over there. Um, I want to build a little kitchen where they can get breakfast and dinner. Mm. At least two good meals. You know, can't really control what they do at school from the food-wise. But I've been a part of that school since I was drafted as a Raven. Mm. I dra- James Trapp. Um, Handed it off to me, and I took over his program, large program, Leadership, Order, Respect, Discipline, and Success. And we changed that now. But um, that's how I started my foundation. Mm. I used to feed. I told you we feed over 5,000 families. We started going to Safeway up there, 30 families we were feeding. We'd get the stuff ourselves, the turkey, the fixing, put it in the bag ourselves, deliver it to the school. That's how the foundation started. Now... We do, we've started football programs in the seed schools, the charter school that's one here. They only got like three of them. 99% of these kids that stay in the school go to college. It's amazing. That's I amazing. think every school should be like this. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy because that, that school is five minutes from Booker T. Washington. Same kids go to a different school. You change the environment. It's amazing what happens when a kid has a great, positive environment. Right. Um, my, my, um, we Like I said, we're building a park in my old neighborhood. I've been doing a football camp, coaching at my camp. I only miss one day in 20 years, four-day, three-day camps now, where we have over, now it's like over 300 plus 400 kids that come out to the camp. I done had all my friends, I, I ain't going to name them all, but I done had all kinds of teammates come through there. Um, we do fitness days in Baltimore. I do a camp in Baltimore now. Man, I've, we've donated to we've donated to comp, um, foundations in New York. We work with different company foundations. It's always flew under the radar because I wasn't. I'm not a. I'm not a. I, I'm not. 
I'm not a camera guy, believe it or not. I'm not that guy. Though I'm in the entertainment business and I do like to entertain. You know, grew up on Eddie Murphy a lot. Oh. Comedy, Richard Pryor, Red Fox and all those guys. I wanted to do that. I actually, you know, try to tell jokes and shit, but, you know. We, we, can, but, we can have you do a little stand-up set. <laughs> my foundation, my foundation, though, man, is um, it's just me and my guy, Glenn Eunice. He runs it pretty much most of the time with his assistant, Courtney, now. And, um, man, I have a golf tournament in Baltimore. I had one here before in Miami. And I, I used to have it in New Orleans, but I just don't get the support in, in my own city, mm. which is crazy to me. But, you know, that's it, man. We got so many more things we want to do. If you go check out my foundation on my website, everyfoundation.org, you'll see every other thing that we're doing and part of. Mm. You know, and like I said, there's just so much more we want to do for kids. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's why it was easy for me to come back to my university, man, because of those kids. I used to be one of those kids. I'm yeah. all about kids. Because the kids are our future. We're not going to be here. You know, ultimately, we're born to serve, you know, and, and, and help each other and lead this place a better place. The only way we're going to lead this place a better place is by helping kids. Mm. You know, so, yeah, man, check it out on, on the website, no doubt. So I'm going to make a mention of the fact if you're listening to this podcast, we're going to make sure not to have a delay in between. But we're going to have you sign a ball. We're, we're going to auction the ball. Right. And then all those proceeds will get to the Ed Reed Foundation. Right on. And then, you know, you guys can do whatever you want with it. I appreciate the support to whoever buys that ball. You yeah. Know, yeah. And, um, and all the people who lose. Love it, yeah. man. All the people who lose. Thanks for <laughs> Yeah, them thanks too, man. Thanks for, trying. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, man. For, I, thanks for trying. Yeah, man. Anybody, man. We Look, like, like, um, <laughs> like um, they said on Coming to America, we love the – Money that folds, but we'll take the one that jingles. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's going to go to a good you. I don't get paid for my foundation at all. I actually didn't put a couple hundred thousand, if not a mill, in my foundation, you know. So I don't get paid from that. I'm not looking to get paid from it ever. So you ain't got to worry about that. It always goes back into this good old earth of ours. So uh, this is where we do our shameless plugs. Shameless so plugs. Thing up. Actually, you know what? Let's. Let me know if, if you feel like you're not ready. We can go, you know, around around the rest of the table. Can we do the recommending of things? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We, we want to ignore yeah, that. Yeah, we can, we can recommend things. I remember the structure of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do too. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, so we, we, we always end the show with just, re- it could be anything. It could be a book, a song, a movie you saw, a gym you went, whatever. Yeah. Just something you would recommend to people. So, Mike, you got a recommendation? Well, it, I want to like, so I just went to Canada for the first time in my life. Wow. Um, so I've been trying to travel a little bit more for food. I mean, it's like a really Got selfish to. research and development. I, I look at it as work, but... It is, man. I mean, it is, but... That right the, the, the Yeah. Work quiet down. It truly is. Quiet it down. is, though. For, so I went to two restaurants that I... I mean, are looked at as some of the best in the world, and they were incredible. Pete de Cochon and Joe Beef. Absolutely amazing. And a third one called Garmage. The chef's name is Chuck Hughes. Absolutely incredible. Like it was like a, a an intense two days in Montreal, Canada. It was cold, but I mean that it was well worth it. So those are my recommendations. If you're traveling to Canada, I recommend going to those three places if you could score a reservation, which is tough. Um, other than that, I recommend um, 
that's that's pretty much all my recommendations right now. I haven't really been doing anything else other than work, and that's pretty much it. So, um, I'm gonna make I'm yeah. gonna make two recommendations. Go for here. it. Go One, for it. DadeMag.com has a new podcast called Step Into the Sandbox. There is currently one episode live, and actually by the time this one comes out, there will be at least two episodes live of Step Into the Sandbox. That's all interviews with creatives, so that's like a shameless self-plug. I like that cross, that, that cross... A little cross-promotion. Yeah, cross-promotional plug. I like it. So a second Same recommendation, so you, yeah. since you guys were talking about rap and hip-hop, uh, I'm a, a big fan of rap, but also especially uh, underground Cuban rap. Ah, yes. If you are a fan of even this is actually one that you can listen to even if you don't speak the language. Uh, so Aldos of Los Aldeanos, which was an underground act in Cuba, uh, now lives in Tampa, and he's got a new video out for a song called Mi Song, and it is absurd. It mm. is like you sent it to me, and I haven't listened to it yet. I'm the, sorry. You don't listen to anything. No, else. that's not true. This is crazy. <laughs> that's not so, true. No, you got to listen to it. It's gonna end up on your playlist. I promise. You know, it, you know, it's talking about so, like so. Um, may he rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. Mm-hmm. I, um, I, I just started listening to his music just like a month ago, and his last album was absolutely just like it was incredible. Yeah. Like, the stuff was, before that was good, yeah. I mean, and but, I had to go back and research that because a friend told me. I mean, it was like I, I don't know how I ended up listening to that album and listening up to all of them, and it's just like I mean, it's some of the best. I've heard in a long, long time, mm-hmm. you know, and it just was impressive. So that's another, another recommendation. Uh, just to throw out something English language, uh, if you haven't heard, I know I'm a little late to the party here, at least recommending it, but that posthumous uh, Mac Miller stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good yeah. News by Mac Miller is yeah. crazy. Yeah, like, shocking, if, I've been to Mac Miller if you're not moved by Good News by Mac Miller, they put out after his death. That is yeah. such a powerful, powerful I You know, I sometimes I suffer from the fact that I just listen to so much old school hip hop that I don't listen to any of the new stuff because I just auto, because I'm like, I feel like an old man and I'm just like, it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's automatically going to be bad. And a lot of times it is bad, but that was really good. And yeah. that Nipsey yeah. Hussle, like those three albums, all good too. It's pretty impressive. So, Ed, you got anything you want to recommend? It doesn't have to be music, I got a but few it can things. Be. I re- yeah, go First, ahead. I'm going to recommend. Everybody who's listening and will listen to this to come and try this food. This is yeah. area. Come to this restaurant. I yeah. am not lying to you. Not telling no stories. Yeah. That ceviche you is a must-have if you're like a ceviche. That. And I'm not a big ceviche fan like that. I Never eat a lot know. of yellowtail, but ah, bomb shit. Really good food. Um, I like that. Recommendations, it's a Good man. recommendation, by the way. I, I would, from a music standpoint, I recommend Anderson Pop. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Dude is an entertainer, a great dude. I was yeah, listening to, to I was listening to Dang Mac Miller and Anderson Pack yeah. on the way here. Yeah, it was yeah. really close. Yeah. Um, saw him entertain um, in New Orleans. Met him at a Creole cookery that I want you to try in New Orleans when you there. go down there. That's my spot. And um, man, recommendations for the people. I gotta put my cigar down, huh? Let's recommend. Let's, let's recommend a the Baltimore thing. Let's recommend the Baltimore. Where do you go when you're in Baltimore? I'm everywhere in Baltimore. I can't give up those spots. Uh-huh. Um, Bygone is one spot. It's, it's it's not a rooftop, but it's at the top of the Four Seasons. And um, just go try all of Atlas Company restaurants. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Atlas Company in Baltimore. If you're ever up there, they got they got Bygones. They got um, Azumi. They got Uzo Bay, which there's one here, I believe, up in Boca. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, there's a few spots. They they got some real good stuff 
um, that they got going on cooking. The rooftop spot is nice. You can smoke cigars in there. Um, highly recommend Placencia cigars. Oh yeah, um, this, I'm a, that's I'm a, what I'm smoking yep, currently. Yeah, smoke, yep, that, um, I'm a De Fort um, Campo. Yeah. Um, um, De Forte is my that's my friend there, and the, the Reserve is my favorite, the Reserve Original. Um, what I recommend though, man, is that people take time to listen. I recommend that because we all come from different backgrounds different ethnicity groups but we all the same it's just that some people capacity for understanding education is not on the same level mm. that's what i love about cigars cigar lounges to where you can have a billionaire in there and you can have the lowest of the lowest person who clean the street who don't make a hell of a lot of living having a cigar at the same time and a cigar put them on the same level you know, really truly, yeah. truly the great equalizer, you know, and I and I say that because, you know, it's just that capacity of, of thinking. That's why I say take time to listen and be patient because you can agree to disagree and walk off. It don't have to be arguments. It don't have to be a fight. It don't have to be people getting killed because mm. we're all different. We're the same, but we're different, mm. you know, so that helps me to deal with all type of people. I get fans walking up all the time. And it's not even can I have a picture? It's oh, you got to take a picture with me, mm. you know. And I and 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 the patient man and me, you know, I give them something maybe, or I you give them a joke or something. But like you have to have those patients, but you have to understand that where I come from, where you come from is different. What I'm going through, what you're going through is different, and we can agree to disagree. It don't have to be a fight. It don't have to be an argument, you know. And even oh. if it is an argument, we can argue and. You go home to your family, I go to my family, and it's I, all good. I think you just touched on something that, to me, is, like, so important, is that we don't have to agree. We don't have to agree. We don't have to disrespect each other in the process of disagreeing, though. We don't have to agree. I think that's what makes life special. Truly. The fact that we can sit here and have a conversation and not agree. Yeah. You know, like, that's what makes every individual special. Because yeah. we're all a lot of our own thoughts. Yeah. You know, experiences. So... And watch out for these canes, baby. <laughs> Shit me. Watch out for him, these you canes. Show him the rant about the Gators. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna show him that when we so turn all this up, man. I just uh, you know, I'm ready for next season. I'm excited. I'm excited for every season. No doubt. I'm excited for the Dolphins to not be so bad. Also, I'm excited for a lot of things. I believe in Brian Flores. Mm -hmm. I like Brian Flores. I like what he brings to our, our you know. You've had coach. good coaches there, though, man. What? It's just Where? hard. It's just hard Where? to be a young man. It's hard to be a young man with money in Miami. That's also true. So that's what you got to deal with. And to those guys, figure that out in the locker room. You get the right leaders in there. You're gonna keep having a great start and then just bomb. You think we've had good coaches? In I think you had decade. No. Okay. No. All right. <laughs> All right. Good. We're on the same page. Perfect. <laughs> Okay. No. This isn't one of those disagreements. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. And no, tell the Dolphins to damn draft some canes, man. I mean, I mean, you get great football players. I know it's home, but shit. Yeah, but even I, lo I would love to play here in Miami. But to the point, though, that's why talk, I always balled against the Dolphins. About, talking about the, Dol the Dolphins drafting more canes, there was a long time that the canes needed to to get more Miami kids. Yeah, 
It was like I didn't understand it. What, what's his name? We're back there. The now. guy. The, what's the guy that really just fucked everything up? What was oh, his name? He's, he's, Al Golden. Guy, that one. That guy. I don't understand what his problem was with Miami. Like, <laughs> everything was like middle America. It wasn't. It I wasn't. Want them. We it almost wasn't got so through much, the whole thing. It wasn't so much as Al as it was. It was Al, but it was. It was the president trying to change the culture of what Miami Donna. is from a football standpoint. We're not a private. We're not a private school football team. Yes, it's Great. not that, and that's what they were trying to do. I I liked some of the things that coach was doing because he was he was he had the right mentality to raise men, but that private school stuff wasn't there. You know, yeah. and they had other stuff going on. I mean, but the football IQ wasn't like what Mark Rick. I no, mean, Mark was just no. And that's the way to go about doing it. Yeah, you know, you know, like there was it was just very different. I think what what Mark Rick did for the program was something that was needed for a long time. Truly, 100%. he laid a great foundation. I'm glad to be a part of what Mark laid down and what Manny has going on. Mark you lives know, in the Grove. I see him all the time walking around. Like, just got to the best. Just got to figure out if everything's still in place. I don't know if we still have everything in place. You know, I mean, I mean, we saw what happened last year, and coach has coach coach. As he said, weeded out some bad apples, top to bottom. Yeah. You know, so we'll see how we go, man. I mean, you know, it's a process. We went five and six my first year. We didn't win a championship to my senior year, you know. So it's a process, man. Just be patient. You know, that's why I say that, man. Be patient. You well, know, us as fans, we're glad you're back. Man. Glad I'm, to be back. I'm glad. But like I told him, I'm not playing. Yeah. It's you fine. know, but. I am implementing my mentality as much as I can to these youngsters. Give them some understanding of, like, this is not the end of the road. Because I feel like they live thinking this is it. And when you – and it's any college, any kid, go to college. College is not the end of the road. You're going to have some fun and you should have fun. But the real world is right. You already have your foot in the real world when you go to college. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's not going back to mom house. You need to prepare yourself for after school, after you graduate, after football. Because football can end like that. Yeah. You know, yeah, I played 12 years, but shit, that didn't have to be 12. That could have been three like some guys played. The average lifespan is three to four years in the NFL. Right. You know, it's skewed because of free agents, but that's just what it is. So it, it, can, it can be taken away from you. So you need to be preparing yourself for, for life after Football life after school. Yeah, one hundred. Thank you so much for coming on this. Brother, thank you very much. Thank you. Podcast. Thank you. I'm gonna do these closing plugs. I'm gonna plug for you. You wanna follow Ed the Foundation at Ed Reed 501C3 on Instagram. Follow Ed personally at the number two, the number zero, then twenty spelled out E R twenty twenty E R. Yeah, I've been twenty twenty before the year even thought about there coming around. Yeah, man. that's right. <laughs> So precious. So you saw the future. And ER Fine Cigars. And ER Fine Cigars. That's yeah. right. I'm looking forward to seeing whatever that becomes. But yeah. I want a hat. I got to get a hat. Yeah. No we got, doubt. Uh, Pig Inc. I like hats. Pig Inc. Area Miami. Nave Miami. Lenya. Time, time Out Lenya. Yeah. Scapegoat. Scapegoat. Taurus. Taurus. Yeah. Get all the, the Flying all, Pig, baby. The I got the hat. You'll see me rocking the hat. I'm going to be right. posting it. Yeah. Y'all get the hat, man, no doubt. And then yeah. finally, you want to follow Pankong Podcast on all the social media stuff, dadmag.com slash Podcast. And remember, if you hear this episode, go to dadmag.com. You're going to find a link to the auction for this football so that we can get that money to the Ed Reed Foundation. And uh, and I guess that's it. I don't. Have I, I heard we were changing the name to Pankong Bistake. I hear we're here. Yeah, change <laughs> Pankong Bistake. <laughs>
Come and try this food, people. <laughs> Come and try this Highly food. recommended. This is not my last time here. Oh, yeah, baby. I'm always here, so I'll catch you. <laughs> Shit, we're going to be here. You got to come back and do the duck press with Mike. Oh, that yeah. is serious like business. Duck? I do eat duck. Oh, oh yeah. you're, you're going to have a good time. So, we can start recording now, but we do this thing. Uh, it's a 